Life Happens with Pimelo Mutine. Pimelo Mutine on SAFM. On SAFM. After one, good afternoon to you. I was glued to my screen around what 9:30 this morning when um, the announcement came through that Sweden had now finally named the suspect of the man who they believed killed the the late Prime Minister Olaf Palmer. And this story, you know how some people get intrigued by the Kennedy story. This particular story has intrigued me, I can tell you, for as long as I've known about the story. And I was I was one of the very first people who was very keen to hear whether they, they will name the person, are they just going to close the case. So the, clo- the case itself now is officially closed. It's a 34-year-old investigation that has now been officially closed. How I feel about it, I don't know. How I feel about the person who's been named, I don't know. He is now dead. But... I want us to celebrate, I think more than anything, the man who has intrigued so many of us because there are many reasons why us as South Africans sit here today. I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt that I owe so much of my freedom to what this man did. And I can tell you that many people who lived in that era, who were our struggle heroes, will reiterate the fact that just because we don't speak enough about it doesn't mean that we know. And I can also tell you that, in fact, I'm going to speak now to the ambassador, Swedish ambassador to South Africa, that I don't even think anybody is able to give you the real tally of how much Sweden alone contributed to the fight against apartheid and and the liberation of African people in this country. I don't think there is a figure. I think there is a an estimation, but I don't even think it's easily quantifiable. That just goes to show what impact this man had alone and the entire country to the liberation of our country. I am now joined by Ambassador Cecilia Julian, who is a Swedish ambassador to South Africa. A very good afternoon and thank you so much, Ambassador, for speaking to us. No, good afternoon to everyone and thanks for having me. So what's the official reaction to the naming of the person who now we believe killed? uh, I don't know. I I mean, what's the official reaction? And I don't even know how to phrase it because I think we now know the name of the person who I think pulled the trigger. There are other questions to be asked and, and that investigation is now closed. We're not going to be able to ask those questions. But what's the reaction um, officially by the government to this investigation? Well, I, I just heard uh, our Prime Minister mm. uh, commenting a little bit, uh, and I think he spoke for, for many that, I mean, uh, a lot of people are happy that the the investigation has come to an end. Um, I do think, however, expectations last night uh, were enormous mm-hmm. in Sweden and I think around the world that we would get... Uh, the answer to this riddle. Um, and I think a, a lot of people think uh, that the case the prosecutor presented was very thoroughly presented and, and he had sort of good evidence. Uh, so for many, maybe this will be the end. Uh, I'm afraid and judging from comments I see uh, around in, in Sweden, um, People will still continue. They are not entirely satisfied. I have to tell you, Ambassador, that I'm one of those people, okay? I'm one of those people because, yes, we now have a name, and this is not at all taking anything away from the uh, prosecutor and from the investigation. I think you are right. Everybody believes it was thoroughly done, and 
you know, the facts before us mean that we don't have any further answers. But I'm dissatisfied because, okay, we have a name of a person who killed the trigger. What we all want to know is who sent him. Yes, uh, and I mean, I, I think the prosecutor um, alluded to that and he said uh, that uh, we haven't been able to prove yeah. that there was sort of a conspiracy uh, around this person. And he went even on to say that the fact that this person continued to be in the media for years mm -hmm. after he had been sort of discarded of the investigation, um, he took that as a proof that he wasn't part of a, of a big conspiracy. But... Uh, maybe not with real hard evidence uh, for that. So I'm sure all the people that have been pursuing different theories where the South Africa track is, is one, yeah. uh, I'm not sure they are convinced. And I think they will continue pursuing their theories. We're not convinced. I tell you, if, if I've got to speak for South Africans, we're not convinced because the very fact that you can have the investigating officers say that South Africa was we don't have enough evidence to prove that South Africa was involved kind of means there was some little smoke in the fire, even though we can't see the fire. And so that makes us think, well, we've got to dig. We've got to dig some more. I'm not, I'm not saying you've got to respond to that or not. I'm just, I'm just telling you how we feel, those who are looking at it and thinking, just the fact that you mentioned that says to us, that smoke was not enough for us to get the fire, but there was some smoke. Well, I think you have had this investigation and I mean, it's been going on for 34 years that yeah. have followed different paths. Yeah. Uh, you had the Kurdish path, uh, you had the police path, which was one, and you have had several uh, different persons indicted, uh, the South Africa path, mm. path, you even had a CIA path mm. at, at some stage. Mm. Um, and uh, I mean, which means that there have been some theories uh, on that. But uh, as he said today, we have had no mm. concrete evidence on any of these conspiracy theories, mm -hmm. um, which may feel unsatisfying mm -hmm. uh, for many. Yes, it leaves, I'll tell you how it feels, it leaves a gaping hole. We, we are done, but we're not quite done, if that makes any sense. But let's, let's reflect on, on the man himself and, and why he matters to so many. This was a man, if I had to phrase it, who deeply cared about humanity and wanted to fix the world around him. Um, you know, and and it, it cost him a lot, it cost him his life. Um, this was a man who, if we have to make our own connection with South Africa, was very close to Tambo. And in fact, I believe that he had met Tambo a week before he passed away? Yes, he, he spoke at um, sort of a, a, a parliament in support of, of African liberation, uh, where Oliver Tambo also attended just a week, 10 days before uh, his murder. Um, and I think he was... Um, he was a controversial person, uh, also in Sweden. Yes. Uh, there were many feelings pro and, and against him. But I think he was unusual. He was really the first Swedish prime minister who had a very serious international engagement uh, for democracy, for human rights, for everyone's individual uh, rights to vote and, and, and live a free, full life. Um, and he voiced it much more than, than any of his predecessors as, as prime ministers have done um, but he had always lived from from being a, a student he had lived according to that conviction um, 
that you need to be engaged not only in your own country but also internationally to to remedy what's wrong and and uh, strive for liberties for the the people who are are refused them i i said earlier in my intro that i don't think we have you know an account of how much sweden actually contributed to the liberation of this country do we have some figures well we it's difficult to to uh, assemble i think we are are around sort of 6 7 billion rands um i mean i'm often quoting saying that for almost 30 years sweden uh, financed uh, more than 50% of the anc's civilian budget uh, during the struggle we also financed over 50% of the udf's budget yes. when they came into play so it's a lot of money it's a lot of money, and I think there are some principles that led to that, which I find quite intriguing. So what, what I think is really amazing is how Sweden itself as a government smuggled its own money outside of the, the country um, so that they can help, um, you know, the liberation movement. With some, some, you know, prerequisites, you know, don't, don't buy arms or whatever, but it's important to note that this money didn't only go to the ANC, and I, and I think you're alluding to that. It went to so many other quarters, to education, to feeding civilians on the ground, to, to do clothing them, and so on. Yes. No, it, it, it went uh, to a lot, not only the ANC, as you say, to scholarships and studies and, and to other organizations yeah. that, that we felt. Uh, and it was also going through the churches, yes. uh, through NGOs and, and uh, other ways. So it was a lot. It was. Um, and I think you're correct that I think the Swedish government was very creative in finding ways <laughs> to have money reach the people who, who needed it. Uh, y- yes, um, and at the time seen to be quite illegal. <laughs> so I like the fact that we're using the term creative. But I mean, we laugh today, but we really owe, owe a lot of our freedom to to that creativity. And what I would call a South African's chutzpah of a man who stood up against all his people around him, except for Norway, of course. But a lot of a lot of the Western world that really didn't think what he was doing was a good thing and and paid the ultimate price. Thank you for that. And, and I think we want to convey our appreciation and your know, devotion to our freedom because I don't think there's any other way we can do it. We'll just keep reminding you that we see it, we recognize it, and we, we appreciate it. Well, thank you very much. Very appreciated. Ambassador Cecilia Yulin, who is a Swedish ambassador to South Africa. This was on the back of the news that came in this morning, finally closing a 34-year-old investigation to the murder of uh, Olaf Palmer, who was the Swedish prime minister when he died. And I mean, just I want you to picture the scene. He was just walking from a cinema with his wife. They were walking, no security, nothing. They had just gone to the movies. And he was shot there. So um, quite an incredible man who we owe a lot of our freedom to. 18 minutes after one.